Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. everyone. Happy Wednesday here on the Gramlick and McLean podcast. We have a very special guest today, another current player. So super excited about that. But before we dive in, Mac, we have um, some other things to get to, some awards. We're going to give out some trophies, some midseason trophies. How you doing, Mac? I am great. You know, this was really inspired. Uh, you know, Monday's episode, we started talking about Player of the year, offensive player of the year, best quarterback. And I said, man, we should just do some midseason awards. So here we are. Kelly, you you created this. Um, I'm super excited to dive into it because it's a, it's going to be great debate, I think. Um, but also very excited for our guests. Oh, I can't wait. Mac, I do want to mention just very quickly. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm wearing a sweater today. And I'm just so happy to be wearing a sweater. <laughs> I feel so hashtag blessed. It's so great. Right now it's 52 degrees outside in Greenville, South Carolina. And I'm very excited to tell you, I know you'll be, you'll be in Bristol this weekend, right? Correct. Okay. So it's going to be cold there. I will be in attendance at the Pittsburgh Clemson game. Okay. In Pittsburgh. Come on. And, you know, I'm, I'm easing into fall, but I'm a little scared for myself because the high in Pittsburgh on Saturday is 57. Ooh. And I don't know if I'm prepared for that mentally or physically. So <laughs> bring your jacket. Say a prayer. That's right. Well, you remember me telling you I kind of jump into the future when I go to Bristol? Yeah. It is beautiful there right now. The leaves, oh, the orange, the yellow, the little bit of brown. It's so pretty. Red. It's so pretty. I, I, fall's my favorite season. It just there's, there's nothing like it. It's unbelievable. And well, and you don't really, Southern fall is kind of, you get it for like two weeks. We don't get fall here in South Carolina. <laughs> no, we really don't. But I'm going to Connecticut beginning of November. I'm very excited. There you go. Hopefully it's not It'll snowing It'll be snowing. Yet. No fall. Knock straight to wood. winter. Knock on wood. All right, Mac, let's get into these mid-season awards here. We're going to give out player of the year, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, and coach of the year. And then we're going to get to, I don't know if we said this yet, our special guest, Sam Hartman. Oh, dropping a bomb For the on Wake him. Forest Demon That's Deacon. right. I just want to let the people know it's coming. <laughs> get them excited. So stand by That's for that. That's right. That's right. It's coming. It's coming. All right. Let's start with uh, Player of the Year, mm. Eric McLean. Who Ooh, you got? Gentleman first in this one. All right. I think there might be some debate here. Maybe not. It'll be interesting to see your thoughts as well. For offense, or for Player of the Year, Total Player of the Year, the entire conference, I'm going with Kenny Pickett. I love this guy. I think what he has done for his career, what he has done for his team, how much better he has gotten, um, it, it's been fantastic. I remember reading publications preseason, uh, which I was you know, not super high on Kenny. I didn't have him in my top five, but he was number six. He was right there um, and, and, and thought that he could get better. But I remember reading all this stuff saying, you know, Kenny Pickett is who he is. How can you get better in year five? You know, that, that's just he's met his ceiling and I didn't know if I agreed with that just because he was in the system now for a third year. And I just think, you know, back, okay, once I was in my third year, although it be his fifth, uh, you know, how much different did I play? How much more knowledge did I have? So I just expected to see improvement, but not this, not this improvement. I mean, he's getting the ball at the end zone at a very high clip. He's going through his progression so well. He's made a ton of money for himself, albeit you know, top five statistically, uh, pretty much in every category in, in the country. So Kenny Pickett is my player of the year. 
Mac, I am with you 100%. Kenny Pickett is the player of the year right now. I don't think it's even a debate just because of not only his numbers. I know you're, you're saying, well, it should be a debate. Yes and no. I think his numbers speak for themselves. Brennan Armstrong, of course, is leading the nation in passing yards. But I look at this award as kind of an MVP award. And when you look at the value that Pickett is bringing to his team, they're still undefeated in league. They're ranked. Virginia, Brennan Armstrong's doing everything he can. If he had a better supporting cast, I think it would help him. But um, And his numbers are amazing, but they still have two losses. So I think Kenny Pickett is the answer right now. Now, if again, that head-to-head, I think that head-to-head game on November 20th is going to be huge. Brennan is still in the race for me. What about offensive player of the year, Mac? Strictly offensive player of the year. So I, I gave Kelly some rules, guys. I told her that she could not repeat because I, I wanted to have some debate. I wanted some different players. I mean, clearly, Kenny could also be this award, but that's not what I wanted. That's not what I wanted. I'm going with Sean Tucker. Wow. I think that he is so explosive. I think he's the best running back in the country. And really, you know, awards like this just seem to become such quarterback awards that I didn't want to do that. I didn't want that to be the case. Um, so I'm going Sean Tucker just has all the things that you want in a running back. Speed, size, power, uh, and very intelligent runner. I mean, it's so fun to watch him see things before they happen. The cuts that he makes really following his blocks well. And oh, by the way, he plays for Syracuse. Imagine if this guy had NC State's offensive line, Boston College's offensive line. Uh, he, he would just, I mean, annihilate people. It's kind of like Barry Sanders with the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- that's who Sean Tucker is. Or if they had a passing game. Or that. That you would know, help. Some other threat. <laughs> some other threat. Could you imagine that? That would help. Okay, I completely respect the Sean Tucker pick. I went with Brennan Armstrong here just because his numbers are absurd. And when you look at what he's done without him, UVA is currently five and two. Without him, what on earth would they be? I, it would be it would be rough. And you can't deny he's the leader in the nation right now in passing yards. Dude has been on a tear. So I have him as the offensive player of the year. But I can't argue against Sean Tucker. I mean, Sean Tucker has been incredible as well. I think if Syracuse had been able to pull out a few more of those wins, it would be more of a tough decision for me. And again, that's not Sean Tucker's fault, but that's just the reality of the team he's on. You know, I kind of figured and hoped that you would go with Armstrong, so I had to go with Tucker so we could get some more love on the podcast. I think both are great candidates for the award. Okay, Defensive Player of the Year. This was a very tough one for me. So why don't you go first, Matt? Go ahead. This one was difficult for me as well. Uh, I think there's a lot of really good guys playing in the league right now. Mikel Jones is playing out of his mind for Syracuse. Nick Jackson is playing really, really well. Isaiah Moore, I mean, leading that defense for NC State. Uh, But I I went with a defensive lineman. I went with Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. I think the impact that he is having for that Florida State team is is big time. He's leading the ACC in sacks right up there in the country in sacks. Uh, Just a really a dominant player that, honestly, I couldn't imagine what FSU would look like without him on defense. So when you talk about that impact, I, I have to go with Jermaine Johnson. It'll be interesting to see, do one of these linebackers sneak up and take that award, you know, for the entire season? Okay, I'm glad we disagree here. I considered Jermaine Johnson. I considered Mikel Jones. I think, again, if Syracuse had a few more wins, I'd have to give it to him. I considered Jermaine Waller because he has four picks on the year and he's been great. Great player, yeah. But my defensive player of the year is Isaiah Moore from NC State. Okay, NC State currently ranks number one in the ACC in total defense. I think I would still say Clemson has a better defense, even with injuries. But NC State, when you look at the numbers, they've been exceptional. And what I love about Isaiah Moore is he does everything. He has an interception. 
He has 43 tackles. He has five tackles for a loss. He's had at least half a tackle for a loss in every game except the Mississippi State game. He has a sack. He had a sack against Louisiana Tech. He has three PBUs. He has seven QB hurries. He does everything. And he's the quarterback of that defense for the defense that is number one overall in total defense in the league. So I'm going with Isaiah Moore as my defensive player of the year. That's a great pick. And and one thing that you can't measure on numbers and stats and, and see it on paper is heart, passion, and leadership. And he has all three of those oozing out of him. And so I think that's a great pick. Honestly, that that's who I was kind of leaning towards and, and really who I think is ultimately going to come out with this award. But I, I just was looking at total impact and could not imagine – FSU without Jermaine Johnson. Maybe can't imagine NC State without him. So it's going to be interesting to see down the road who gets that. Well, we know, Mac, you're a lines of scrimmage guy, you know? So you went with the you guy know, that's been I, a I have to give some here. love somewhere. That's right. Yeah. I was going to put, uh, you know, Big Icky as my offensive player of the year, but I figured <laughs> that would be frowned upon by most yeah, people. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it, Mac. Okay, rookie of the year. This has been, we have offensive and defensive rookie. This has been so fascinating because true freshmen – really haven't had the impact of a normal year. And I think that's because you have super seniors and you have some of these freshmen that didn't even play their senior year of high school. So the jump has been more difficult. Mac, who's your offensive rookie of the year? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and drop the bomb on both of these guys because, I, as you said, this is a tough year because there's so many older guys playing. I mean, why would you play an 18-year-old when you can go on the transfer portal and get a 22-year-old who, who's been there, done that? And I think we're seeing that uh, across the board in the ACC Everywhere except for guess where? Clemson. They don't do that. They they play their freshmen uh, and they they trust well, they their recruiting. Well, they kind of had to this year. That's right. Well, I'm just saying transfer <laughs> portal. They're not going to go and get guys right, as true, as of true, now. True. And so with that, young guys are going to be able to play. So my offense and defensive player of the of the year so far, both coming from Clemson and Andrew Makuba, who on defense, which I don't think there's any debate, that guy's starting on that caliber of defense, really playing well, really impacting. You know, his presence felt almost every game. And then Will Shipley, I know he's injured. I think he's going to come back. His production just with four games was tremendous. Three games, it was lights out. So a guy who had earned the starting job, uh, I assume that he will be back and further push those numbers. So those are my two for, uh, you know, rookie of the year. I agree. It's been interesting because Clemson doesn't use the portal really. And, you know, they lost so many guys, they've had to play more true freshmen than other teams. I think Andrew McCuba is the defensive rookie of the year for sure. My offensive rookie of the year right now is no, is a no one. <laughs> I'm serious. I don't have one right now. Shipley's been good, but, you know, he's only, he's racked up a lot of stuff in or a lot of yards in games where Clemson barely won or the South Carolina State game where he he had a lot of his yards and touchdowns. So I want to wait and see till he, you know, gets back healthy. But right now, honestly, I have no one. And I'm going to stick with that. <laughs> That's fine. I understand that. The good thing is, I think the official voting is only rookie of the year. So you have Andrew McCuba. So you're good. Oh, excellent. I love that. Okay. <laughs> now, Mac, before we get to Sam Hartman, and this is actually, for me, going to be a good segue. Um, who's your coach of the year? It's going to be a good segue for me as well. I don't think there's any other, you know, really option than Dave Clawson. What he's been able to do, the expectations kind of set on him by his quarterback and then delivering, you know, going out there and, and being undefeated, being the top ranked. ACC team in the country. It's really impressive to see. So Dave Clawson, my coach of the year, midseason. Maybe you could throw out, you know, Dave Dorn. Maybe you could throw out Pat Narduzzi. Um, but I think Clawson takes the cake for now. Dave Clawson needs to be a legitimate factor in the national coach of the year conversation, yes. as well yes. as the ACC coach of the year conversation. He's my ACC coach of the year right now. Six and zero. No one expected Wake to be six and zero. They're heading into the Army game this week. They've looked excellent. So I've got Dave Clawson as my coach of the year. 
This was a lot of fun, these, these mid-season awards. We're going to post these on Twitter, so stay tuned for that. You guys can respond. Let us know what you think, at Kelly Graham, like at Eric McLean. Mac, I believe it is now time to introduce our special guest. Come on, guys. Our guest today is the starting quarterback for the undefeated, the last undefeated team in the ACC, the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, Sam Hartman. Sam is a redshirt sophomore quarterback, which it's so hard to keep up with this, guys. It, it, what are they? I mean, there, there's so many different right. years. There's some, that was so hard with the rookie you, of the year stuff. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but he is a redshirt sophomore via the demondeacons.com. So he has completed <laughs> 63% of his passes this season uh, for 1,600 yards, 14 touchdowns, and just three INTs. He also has three rushing TDs. He's a little bit of a dual threat guy when he needs to be. In the Deeks' most recent win over Syracuse, Hartman passed for 330 yards, Three touchdowns. He has been on an absolute tear this season. Sam is already top eight in Wake Forest history with 6,653 passing yards to date. He also ranks top 10 in program history in passing touchdowns, completions, and passing efficiency. In 2020, Sam held a streak of 258 passes without a pick. Dating back to the 2019 season, that was a Wake Forest program record and the fifth longest streak in ACC history. His Deeks are currently the highest ranked ACC team in the AP poll at number 16. Let's get it, guys. One of the best in the ACC, Sam Hartman. Let's go. Sam Hartman, my man, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. No, I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, well, I want to start here, man, because when you, I heard you say this at ACC Media Days, I was jacked up. I was about to run through the wall. And and thankfully you didn't say it on my set because we would have we would have broken down the whole thing and, and been so jacked up. But you said if we don't win nine or ten games, this season would be a disappointment. What the heck made you so confident to say that? And really what makes this Wake team so different than in years past? Um, I, I think it was the summer. I think it was the workouts. I think it was the spring as well. I mean, as you know, it's you know, you kind of can tell as, you know, as your senior year, I'm sure you knew, like, we're pretty good, you know, and, and being around this program, being around college football for, you know, four years now, you, you get a sense and it's those, you know, summer practices where you're like, man, like, we just whooped our defense's tail. And then the day, the next day, our defense comes out and just whoops us right back. And it's always been lopsided. Like, it's, you always talk about with the older guys, the guys that have graduated. You're like, yeah, you know that, you, you know, 2018, the offense was just destroying the defense. And then in like 17, it was the other way. And then it, and it's gone back and forth. But this is the first year I've been a part of. And a lot of the coaches have said, like, we were going back and forth. And it was it was great because it was great competition. But it also, you know, it got us all so, you know, almost invested in each practice. You knew if you didn't show up, you're getting, you know, you're, you weren't going to score. You weren't getting first downs in the team periods and whatnot. Um, so I think that's where we kind of started being like, man, like this might be it. And then again, you like the depth and the experience is, is a huge part of it. Last year was so tough. And, um, I think we grew so much from it. And I think a lot of the leaders on this team went through stuff individually and as a unit that got us to the point where we were confident enough to be in different situations, um, and, and be confident and um, able to kind of execute at a high level. Well, one thing I'm confident in, and the people at home unfortunately cannot see this, but your beard is looking magnificent. And you told us before we started recording that as long as y'all keep winning, that thing's growing out. So you're six, you're at six right now. I mean, if we get to 15, that thing's going to be a beast, man. Yeah, I don't know where. I've never, I, this is probably the longest it's ever been. 
Um, you know, I don't know how much more growth it has in it, but if, you know, hopefully we do it, you know, we go to 15 and, you know, we'll see the world will see a, I don't know if how, you know, good I'll look anymore, but it'll be there for sure. See, Max sacrificed that, right? He didn't really care how the beard looked in 15 because it was so long. He just had to keep growing it. And, you know, I, I said a few prayers for Kaki that year. <laughs> I was, I was worried for her. Because that, that beard was something, Mac. Um, you know, we had EJ Manuel on a couple weeks ago, Sam, and he did the ACC summer tour. He was out there with Jordan Cornette. And he watched you guys practice. And I know you don't know anything different, but he said it was different than any other school he went to. And sometimes in practices on the sideline, no matter what sport you're playing, you're joking around. Maybe you're not 100% focused. He said that was not the case for you guys, that everyone was completely locked in. Is that how you would describe your practices? Yeah, I, I think we, as a as a whole, our culture is is really evolved. And uh, um, you know, years past, we've had a lot of guys that love football. I would say, you know, ninety five percent of our guys love football, and that's where you get those conversations on the sideline, or you eliminate the off the you know the conversations about the party that weekend or the girl that they like in their class. Like you get the guys that are talking about the last rep or the next play or the next period. Um, and, and it comes with the territory because, you know, you don't want to be like a, you know, military out there where it's, you know, everybody, you can't joke, you can't have fun because then guys, when, when stuff gets hard, then it's, you know, it's, there's it, the drop off of, um, you know, your attitude and how you can handle, you know, performance or bad performance is, is so difficult because you're like, man, I'm, we're so serious. We're so uptight. We're going to fail. If we fail, like imagine how worse it's going to get. Um, so there still are a lot of jokes and we have a lot of you know, great relationships on the field and with everybody, but it is more, um, especially in the summer, it was, you know, we had, we were on a mission and, and we knew what we had to do and what we had to, you know, get done in that time period. And I think we did a great job of just a lot of guys just bought into that idea of, you know, pushing through the heat, pushing through the adversity of summer camp and, and really, you know, getting after it. The, the theme of this year for you guys is, is good to great and, and being able to take that next step what what went into that in summer? You've referenced it a bunch here, and, and of course, you and I both know what goes into that. But you know, just personally and from a team level, what what will it take to be able to at the end of the season to say, okay, we did it, we went from good to great? Obviously, it's the the first you know the goal of of winning you know ten plus games. Um, I think that's you know if you're looking on paper, um, but I think personally and as as a team, it's just leaving no you know stone unturned. You know, it's everything that you can you can physically do, uh, mentally do, you know, your preparation, your nutrition, your sleep, all those different things. And we always say like, if a, in a day, if a guy can get 1% better, imagine if everybody got 1% better on a team and, and what that would do for our team. Um, and it's cool because, you know, I, I'm in our, our big team meeting room right now, but if you walk out, like we're on our bye week you know, guys, we have a lift tomorrow morning, but guys could be going home. Guys are, could be hanging out doing whatever we, you know, we, we have a whole nother week. We prepped all week, but all, every room is filled with guys. You know, there's, you know, there's not a light off, you know, the coaches are working, like everybody's prepping to this game. And, and that's, that's the mentality. And that's kind of what, you know, we're trying to produce every week and, and not run out of steam at any point. I want to ask the question that I'm sure you've been asked a few times, Sam, but with us, you know, you can be honest. You can really answer it um, like you want to. You guys are 16th in the country right now. You're playing Army next weekend. You talk about you're on a bye week there. You're undefeated. You're 16th in the country. There's some other teams that are undefeated that are, oh, I don't know, way up there. Uh, Do you feel like you guys are being disrespected at all? 
No, it's what we, we, we expect it. And we, I mean, we wouldn't want it any other way. I think it would be weird to be put high. I think it would, it would be not Wake Forest if we were, you know, highly, you know, touted Wake Forest coming into wherever we're going to play. Um, I think that's our advantage. I think that that's our chip on our shoulder and that's what makes this place so fun to play at is, um, you know, other than now, really this year, it, it's usually all wakes coming, you know, it was, you know, you're not really getting, we're not getting a lot of, you know, press. We're not getting a lot of preparation. Um, and that's, that is a challenge this year is everybody's going to throw your best. You know, when it, we, you know, when we have ranked schools come, when Clemson come, when those, that's the game circle, that's the game that you, you don't want to play and you want to play good and you want to put everything in. But, you know, for the longest, we were always the team that was trying to do that. And now, you know, we have the target on our back and we have, you know, the, the, basically that, you know, everybody's coming and everybody wants to take us off you know, the, the, the top spot in the ACC. One guy that, you know, I think in particular, and I've asked you this before, Sam, but just want to have it here for, for our audience is, is coach Clawson and the way that he is, you know, really just orchestrated this entire thing. And I feel like just disrespected almost, maybe underappreciated is a better way to say it, just on the national level. I mean, I know you don't want him going anywhere else. I know everybody wants him to stay at Wake, but I just feel like when these coaching opportunities open up at at some quote-unquote bigger schools or bigger brands, his name's not brought up. And, And I don't understand why, because he's a genius, he's a fantastic coach. Why is he so unappreciated at the national level? Because uh, he's not flashy, you know. You don't see him in the media making headlines, um, which we enjoy. And and again, his what makes him so great is his. And I've preached this for every, you know, all interviews, all you know, recruits that they're asking or people that know Wake or talk about Wake. It's his consistency. You know, it's not one day he's going to come in here and and be all dressed up and making a big deal about this, or the next day he's going to be all pouty and and mopey because something didn't go right in practice or a film session or whatnot. Um, you know who you're getting, and and that's a consistency in this business is so key for everybody top to top to bottom in our organization. And he's at the top, and he's the epitome of it. Well, speaking of consistency, Sam, when I think back to your season last year, I think of some really high highs. Specifically, I think of the North Carolina game last year where you balled out, and then I think of some other games where maybe a few too many picks, things like that. I feel like consistency was a focus for you in the off season, but I don't want to answer this question for you. So what did you work on in the off season? Yeah, I think that was definitely the, uh, whatever the capstone of my, um, 2020 season was highs and low lows and really low lows. And even lower than that low, I just said is low. Um, and I think it was, you know, how am I going to, you know, what is my next step? Like, what am I doing? Cause I mean, you look at the plays and I look back and all that, you know, look through the season. It wasn't, you know, physically, yeah, I could probably get a little bigger, maybe a little faster, but it wasn't, Oh, I missed that throw. It was like, I made that decision to make that throw. And I was like, what's going on up there. So instead, like I did a lot of, you know, quarterback training. I, I feel like if somebody's telling you that they did quarterback training, then obviously they didn't work very hard. Cause if you just did quarterback training and worked on your motion, you're really, if at this level, you're really not doing much. Um, so I dove a little deeper and got in kind of the mental side of the game, started doing some therapy um, and, and really worked on, you know, my personal stuff, like my personal, you know, relationships. Like you're talking about girlfriends, like all like working on that with my parents, my brother, my teammates, my coaches, all that. And then also the performance side, um, which I think has been one of the biggest, you know, advantages from, for me going into games is I just, I feel different. I feel old. like I, last year I'm like, Oh, like I'm this veteran heavy quarterback. Like 
looking back from this point on, I'm like, yeah, I was a little kid still. Um, and I think that that has been such a huge help is those, like you're saying, those lows, those picks, right? That would drive me insane. And then it would drive me to throw another pick. Or even if I bounced back, it wouldn't be for long. It was always like the ice was always so thin because I was mentally, I was so hard on myself. And like, you know, you guys probably were, it's, that's how you raise. That's w- what you do. Like your parents push you, your perfection, all, it's sports. Um, and I, I've learned to kind of be able to handle mistakes better and handle, you know, how I control myself and how I show my emotions and how I talk to myself is probably the biggest thing. And I'm sure you guys, you know, oh, you suck. Like when you, you know, and it's, you would never say it, but if you have kids, you would never say what you said to yourself playing that you would say to your kid, but you don't care. Cause it's, you know, you want to be perfect. And those are like, as you know, scraping the surface as I can, that's like kind of the stuff that has changed my game. Sam, you're preaching, man. I, anyone well, who has played, especially a college sport, I, I was just relating so much to what you're saying. That, that's yeah, that's we, great. We all go through it. Yeah. That's, I mean, but that's what you got to do. It's the mental side. Obviously you have all the physical tools and um, let's just say it's showing up so far this season. So I appreciate kudos that. to you. Well, I think what's super interesting about that, Sam, and, and thank you for kind of opening, you know, into your mind there and what was really important to you. But, you know, I, I heard coach Rick talk about, you know, playing with one of the greatest quarterbacks ever in Jim Kelly and, you know, practicing with that guy every day. And, you know, he would throw a pick in practice or make a mistake in practice and would just move on. And Coach Rick at the time would be like, what are you doing? Like, you're not beating yourself up and, you know, you're not angry at yourself. And uh, he learned, you know, as as a player right then and there and then eventually as a coach that, man, the best attribute for a quarterback is being able to move on quickly and get on to that next play. And, man, I, I think that that's really cool that you're able to identify that and say, hey, if I can make this step, you know, what what's the limit? on this team. So that's very cool. hundred percent. When you look at these wide receivers, man, uh, th- they've been super impressive. I want to move to your guys. Uh, I know you love them all, but specifically looking at, at the big three is what I like to call them right now on TV with Roberson, AT Perry, who's going berserk right now and Marin. I-, I think that that is the best trio of wide receivers in the conference. And the coolest part is it seems like the, it, it's a combination of the three that could go off at any given game. Yeah, that's the cool part. And that's everybody. Um, I don't know. My computer's running out of battery. I don't have a charger. I hope it doesn't die. Just sitting in class on my computer. That's what I get. Um, the I, I That's the cool part. And they're all different. And they're all you know unique guys to themselves. And that's what makes it special for me is is you, you kind of you treat every one of them kind of differently. You got you talk to them differently. And they all are just different you know, you look at them, they're just different people, but they're all consistent in their work. You know, they love the game. They love competition. They love them. Those moments of like, I got to make this play. And I, I, you can see it in them and it's all, and they all have bloomed at different stages. They've all been, you know, not in the role they wanted to be. They've all been that guy that you're like, I don't know if he's going to be able to make this play when they were young. And now they've kind of gone through the fire and, and you realize like, yeah, these guys are, you know, ready to make this play. And these guys are guys I can count on and dependable. And that's, I think what makes it so special. And they're also, you know, no names in the, in the sense of college football, the way it is now, you know, kids come in and they're like, Oh, this is, you know, the next, whatever. And it's like, no, these guys are just dudes that chose Wake Forest because of 
probably education and a great opportunity to play, you know, at an ACC level. And now we're developing and like you said, some of the best in the ACC and in my mind in the country. So, so I respect that, you know, you, you put the little caveat there coming in because right now we know their name and everybody knows their name, but I feel what you're saying. How, I guess just unique is that in the fact that that's just kind of wake force. And, and we talked with you guys and coach last year about in a COVID year, about how much of a developmental program you guys are. How are they able to turn these two stars, no stars, into to five stars? I mean, it's it's really brilliant to be able to see that. Uh, it's character. You, we recruit off character. It's a huge thing. I'm part of Coach Clawson speaks on, and one of my favorite things, why I committed, was just the kids that they were recruiting. I mean, I'm sure you remember, like, Cade Carney, our running back. Um, he went to my high school. And, like, I'm like, man, if they're bringing these kind of guys in, like, this is where I want to be. Um, and it, it, that character is that developmental stuff that you were hitting on is like, if they don't have character, they're not going to last. Like you're a freshman, you come in, you don't have success. What do they do? Transfer, they give it up, right? All, you know, X, Y, Z. But if you have character, then you're like, all right, what do I need to work? I need to get bigger. I need to get faster. I need to learn the offense. I need to learn what defenses people run. All right. Now it's your third year. You've been sitting behind these guys. I've seen what the older guys did right. I've seen what they did wrong because I've, you know, my character, my ability, what I'm doing is push me to this point and I'm ready. And then it's, you know, it's like second and everyone's like, oh, like, what is this kid's name? Who? And we're, we're here like, yeah, like we knew like Keyshawn Williams, a guy that hasn't really had much. Burn. Like I'm telling you, he's going to number. He's the Jokari's backup. Like he's going to make plays this year and be big time. And if you're going to be like, wait, like what? Like, no, he just waited, played a little bit last year, but got in the film room, got bigger, got faster. His hands are incredible. Came in with great hands. He'll be making play. And even if it's not this year, it'll be next year. Jamal Banks, another guy, same way. You heard it here first. We'll keep an eye on him, especially maybe next year, Mac. You need to put him on one of your preseason teams. That's right. Um, what's crazy, Sam, when you think about Wake and specifically the running backs last year, Kenneth Walker and Christian Bill Smith on the same team. Now Kenneth Walker is killing it at Michigan State. And, of course, Christian Bill Smith is, is balling. And, you know, we've seen this with um, different offenses. I'll just put it that way. We know how, how important the run game is, especially in a modern offense. If you can't run the ball, it's going to be really hard for the quarterback to just go out there and do everything. So how important is that run game for y'all's offense? I mean, it's everything. The way we run the RPO, um, it's different. It's unique. And they, are, they have a lot of responsibility. I would say that's one of the, the probably the hardest position on our offense right there with probably tight end. But the running backs get crushed. Like You watch the Wisconsin game. Um, the way that they plug their backers and we had to put, you know, a 250 pound linebacker running at a, with a, you know, five, seven yard head start on Christian Beal and he's standing still. And the amount of times when you watch those plays, like if you, something cool to watch is you go back and watch him lift that guy off the ground and move him out of the way. And I step up and, you know, make the throw. And that's different. Like, that's the stuff. That's where I'm like Christian Beal, you know, Justice Ellis and Christian Turner, like those, like, that makes like me like, you know, get fired up. Like you're talking about me saying 10 wins, like watching those, like that's all. Cause I know that that guy, you know, whether we're out at cookout or we're on a football field, you know, he's going to have my back and be ready to step up. And it's like that kind of stuff is, is so important to us. And then also, you know, being able to make those run plays and be able to make those breakaway, you know, big hit runs is huge. And, and, but that for us is I think one of the, the key parts of it. Sam, can you walk us through a little bit of that RPO game that you guys run? Because for for people who maybe have not been accustomed to Wake Forest these last couple of years, or at least tuned in, 
you ride that thing for a long time. And there are a bunch of reads that go into it. Really, just what are you looking at when you are holding it in the belly of the running back for so long? Uh, it's really just defensive keys, what guys are doing, who, where's the ball getting forced to. Like, as you know, like, you know, is it a, is it a plug fit? Is it a back gap? And we know going to the game, like, oh, like in, you know, in a three-by-one set, they're going to be pushing the ball to the free safety. Like, okay, what is he doing? Um, and, we, yeah, we take it to the line, but we're really just trying to create a new line of scrimmage. That's kind of the best way to describe it is with our line and how, you know, great of a job they've been doing this year is, you know, if we just push the pocket up two, three yards, it's the same thing as dropping back. We also have the element where I could hand it off and we have a, you know, if we push the ball, you know, three yards, we get four yards. That's a great, you know, it's a great play. We also can take it deep. We can also throw it underneath. We can do it all. And that's, that's probably the, the easiest way to describe it. Establishing a new line of scrimmage. That's good. That's right. Do you, when you see that new line of scrimmage being established, like, do you just say, okay, we're running it. I'm, I'm just giving, even if, you know, somebody is maybe screaming on a slant, do, do you feel that? Or is it really just your keys and your reads? Keys and reads. It's go. all, Come on, know, QB. Got, I love it. a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, just just keys and reads. Spoken like an O-lineman. Just run it. Just run it. Forget about it. Just run it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, no. Sam, his computer died. I, I apologize. Dang it. I was hoping. I was saying it was getting, it was going down. I could notice you were kind of looking up, like, <laughs> yeah, say it a prayer. Like, it's going. It's going. Yep. And then it hit zero, and it stayed on zero for, like, five seconds. And I was like, oh. You just, you literally just disappeared. So Sam's computer died and that's okay because you know what? He goes to Wake Forest and he needs to pay attention in class. That's just life. And he was, Sam, you were using your computer in class, right? Yeah, for school. That's exactly. For school, exactly. So we're back. We made it. All the technology of the world. We made it back. Uh, We appreciate it, Sam. We really do. We want to ask you a few more kind of fun questions before we get out of here. And this one is still a little football related, but I know you're, you're from Charleston, but you also played in Charlotte a little bit. So you're from the Carolinas in general. After Army, you guys have UNC, Duke, NC State. I'm not trying to make you look ahead, but I know that means a lot to you guys because when you look at those North Carolina schools, you know, people are always talking about NC State, UNC, but Wake has really had the premier football program in the school or in the state for a little while now. So what does it mean when you play those schools from North Carolina? Yeah, it's it's everything, and for them as the schools from you know the other schools in North Carolina, um, the guys in blue and the other blue. Um, no, I, I think it's it's a big game, but again, like you said, you know, it's it's Army, but we're we're you know those are always fun. You know, it's it's the the Big Four as we call it. You know, the Big Four championship is you know we play for and take you know great pride in that and and great pride in, in defending the state and. Um, but you know, I got to answer it as we, we got army. Hey, Bill Belichick. <laughs> We're on there the army. Go. That's right. No, I understand. I understand. But we, we had to throw in the state championship in there. Of course, right. uh, Sam, I, I want you to, uh, just put your college football analyst hat on real quick because we are witnessing one of the craziest seasons, uh, in particular in our lifetime, but so many ranked teams have lost a week ago. We saw every road team win in the ACC, just from your perspective, from a guy that is living it, playing it right now, what's up with the chaos? What's up with the craziness? I mean, I, I think uh, you see some of the schools that you probably normally don't see having success because they. Uh, I think of the COVID year. I think there's we have guys that wouldn't be here that are, are you know, big time. You know, at, at this, I mean, probably is the same as you, Thompson. You know, a lot of the 50-year guys, you know, there was no sit here, but 
or maybe one or two, a lot of those guys that are still playing are usually, if they're not like, you know, the, you know, the signaler or something, it's they're, you know, big time football players that are really, you know, stringing it out and are important to your team, important to your culture. Um, I think a lot of the schools that, you know, there's schools that lose guys like that to the draft or losing guys after three, four years. And you look at those schools that aren't doing as well. And then you look at schools and you use us, right. We got those guys back. So it is a, I think an added advantage to a school that doesn't lose a lot of guys to the draft or have, you know, those fifth, six year guys coming back for that last ride. You almost get a second last ride with the COVID year. And I think that that's a, a big part of it. Um, and then, you know, how it is college, it's hard to win in college football. And, um, you know, as you know, we've, we've been lucky and, and having like, success in that. And so I think that's also a part of it too. No doubt. No doubt. You know, I want to ask you, we know, uh, obviously, you are your own favorite quarterback in the ACC. That's kind of a weird way to put it. But give me some other guys in the ACC, because this is a, a conference full of quarterbacks this year, especially. Give me some other quarterbacks that you really admire. Maybe you got to say some nice things about some other guys in the league. Uh, you know, Sam's really good. We're, we've become pretty good friends. So I laugh at saying that. Um, you know, we text back and forth throughout the weeks. Like, if we're playing the similar guys and we play, the, you know, the – you know, a team before, uh, I like, you know, Kenny, I met him at the the Manning passing Academy. You know, he, he was, everyone kind of talked about his, you know, he looked really good there and, um, we're talking about how he was going to have a big year. And he's one of those guys that's just under the radar, um, that I think that's, you know, had enough success that it's kind of weird to think. And especially, you know, um, you know, at, at Pitt and being as, you know, he's, played for a long time and um has had really good years i think he he's another guy in joy watt like he's you know a really good quarterback and just he's another one of the, like a prof he, when you talk to him he sounds like a professional acts like you know a, like a elite college quarterback um i'd say those two guys i mean everybody's pretty good playing against armstrong at virginia you know him you know he just makes plays he's a playmaker you know, Willie Cunningham. I mean, every, yeah, you could just go down the list. He, you know, he was r running around, going crazy. He's a great dude. We, you know, just over the years playing against him. You know, we have some conversations pre-game, post-game, and um, I mean, it's you know, it's all across the board. And then you know, Schrader's from my hometown. Played against him in the state semis. He beat me, so I luckily got redemption. Um, he did the same thing he did against us. Ran around a bunch and made some big-time plays. Um, but no, I mean, it, yeah, like you said, I everybody can play at this point and, and especially in this conference. It's, it is cool. It's, you know, you in the ACC, you're going to have to come to play as a quarterback because the other guy's coming as well. Yeah, it's it's truly loaded and it's been fun to watch, you know, from our perspective and, and to cover it. Last one for you, Sam. I, I want to know, we're, we're talking about QBs. We're talking about quarterback play. Who do you compare your, yourself or who do you model your game after at the NFL level? See, that's a tough. You always get shade for these answers. Like, you know, <laughs> you're that good. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I like watching Rodgers. I think that's a cliche answer, but I like watching him. I think his just his attitude and the way he just kind of handles stuff is just, um, you know, he just he plays and and I think you know when he steps on the field, like you can tell that he's got the respect of his players. I think that's a big part of it. You know, when you have guys and you have you know QBs and what like even myself when I was younger, you have guys playing with you, and then you have guys that play for you. And I think a quarterback that has guys like receivers going after balls or, you know, breaking up that bad throw for an intercept, like that kind of stuff is. And I think you see that with Rodgers a lot and, you know, his connection with Adams and, and those guys like that's 
this is cool to watch. And I mean, he makes these throws. You're just like, I, I, I don't know if I can do that. And that, it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a fun, uh, it's a fun guy. He's a fun guy to watch for sure. Well, I certainly think that you have that Rogers flair because you made a throw last weekend uh, that I don't think a lot of people could make. And when you walked off the field with the hand up, I was like, that, that's a bad boy right there. That's a bad boy. <laughs> uh, yeah. A little, are you not entertained reference? There, <laughs> that's but, right. That's know, right. Is. Sam Hartman, man, appreciate you making time for us. This was so much fun. Uh, good luck this weekend, and and thank you very much. Yeah, of course. If I if I still have the beard on at the end of the year, we'll have to get back on and do a you know a picture comparison for sure. So I really appreciate you guys, and uh, have a good one. Big thank you to Sam for joining us. We know he's a super busy guy. He had some technical difficulties with us, but he (laughs) stuck around. So we really appreciate that. And my favorite part of the interview, Mac, was when he kind of dove into the the mental side of playing quarterback and how he had to reassess how he would react after he made a poor decision. And then even more so why he was making certain poor decisions down the stretch. And that has shown up with his improvement this year. So Wake's going to keep rolling, I think, with Sam Hartman at the helm. He's a very mature redshirt sophomore, whatever he is. <laughs> and uh, with those wide receivers, the Deeks are in good hands. Yeah, he, he got very real with us. And it was cool to see that, you know, in, in, a, in a world that, you know, vulnerability is, is looked at at weakness sometimes. That was cool of him to say that because I think it's an absolute strength and, and really cool for him to acknowledge that, man, th- this can take me so much farther than physical tools can. The, the mental side of the game is so important. Important. So really cool to hear that from Sam. And then I, I thought another cool thing was, you know, we recorded this on their bye week a week ago. And, and you know, we were asking, what are y'all doing? What's going on? And he said, look, we're still watching film. We're here having workouts. You know, we had the option to go home. And, uh, you know, most of us, all of us stayed. And so I think that really speaks to where this team is as a program, what we can expect from them moving forward. And I think that's going to be different than than what we've seen from the Demon Deacons in, in years past. But, guys, thank you for listening. It was another great episode, a great guest. Big thank you to, to Sam uh, for coming on and Will, their SID, for setting this up for us. If you guys haven't already, go over to iTunes, follow our podcast, Drop us a little five-star rating or write us a review. We would greatly appreciate that. But until next time, we'll see y'all.